Have you seen how many things I can stuff between my tits? Yeah, that's a fun game, right? Right? This is this is going very well for me. I've got a bread knife. <laughs> oh no! A Transformers bot bot. That's okay. A teeny teeny terrapin from the Kinder Eggs. And a PlayStation Store gift card. $35. If these tits get any bigger, I can put 100 bucks in. These are all perfectly fine things to put between your tits, other than the knife. Don't put the knife in your tits. It's a bread knife. It's yeah. a bread knife handle first. It makes me look dangerous if you're a slice of bread. <laughs> oh, everyone. Hello. Hey. I'm wearing a corset for the very first time. Someone's discovered corsets are fun. Yeah. I'm wearing a corset for the very first time. It has pushed my boobs up and together so much that, like, any higher and I will actually suffocate. Oh, it, it's a whole thing. Oh, they're burgeoning. The, the last time I, like, wore a proper properly done corset was my wedding dress last year, and there is, some, there is something for, like, you can take any amount of tits and make it look like the greatest tits that have ever lived. Right? Corsets are fucking magical. We recently measured my boobs. Yes, I've heard. I, I don't know if I've mentioned everywhere slash everywhere, right? Anywhere slash everywhere. I mean, I think you might have done. I've not mentioned it on Podquisition yet. Full EAF. Um... Oh, mate, and they are looking fine in this corset. It's, if people haven't seen the photos, right, it's a purple, I've got a black one as well, but this one's a purple steampunk looking thing with like brass clasps down the front and brass chains on the side. Um, Went out today. I am the most glamorous person whenever I go on the high street, which, to be honest, it's an old person (laughs) town, so it's just me and some 60 year olds. Um, (laughs) But, oh my God, Fee said that, because we went to pick the kid up, um, from school and Fee told me that a dad kept looking yeah. and every time they made eye contact with the dad he looked down and started legit kicking a rock <laughs> um, so that's pretty good I think the main point of today's episode though uh, is I'm officially too hot for the podcast yeah I think I'm too hot for anything now I think all that should happen from now on is I should lie back on a big chair and be fed grapes Will you stay on the podcast if we step up to your level? Because I've got Ooh. a lovely sort of galaxy pattern corset I could step up with, and would, I, I think you'll agree. I think Conrad would rock a good corset too. We, we could get up to your level. It could go either way. Either you bring yourselves up to my level, and this officially becomes the hottest podcast in games media, or <laughs> we all officially become too hot for the podcast and blink out of existence. Could be a critical hotness failure. It would be a real shame if that's how Podquisition ended, is we all got got too too hot. hot, Right? (laughs) We all got too hot. All got, sorry, too hot, no more podcast. (laughs) Um, God, I... I, The the boobs are absurd. Yeah. They are absurd. I... They were not this big when I was twice the size that I am now. They have just, in the past couple weeks, filled out to the point where I am shutting them in fridge doors. (laughs) And knocking things off countertops with the hips. It's ridiculous. I'm not used to it. I'm not used to my body. Yeah. I've got training tomorrow for the first time in two weeks (laughs) after all the filling out has happened. I don't know what's going to go on. I, I don't I don't want to take any knife edge chops anymore. <laughs> like that's where they slap you across the chest. I do not want it. No, thank you. That's fine. If they hit if you they hit you at the front or the side, it'll be fine. It's the nipples that are yeah. That are, oh, oh, oh I, I, I said on we we recently recorded a new Boston's favorite song podcast, and I said there like I can't bound down the stairs now. Like I, sometimes I'll bounce down the stairs, but if I do it now, like oof. 
Oh, the girls. Um, <gasps> God, I keep squidging them. I keep squidging them too. They, it's like when I sit down, they just go... Vroom, vroom. I'm going to be honest. It's the main reason to have tits is so you can keep just sitting squishing them going, yeah. oh, heck, I got them now. They're mine. I got them. Oh, Laura, why didn't why didn't you tell me sooner how awesome being trans is? Look, here's the problem. <laughs> you can't tell someone how awesome being trans is. They gotta come to it themselves. It's true. I've learned over the years. You can't tell someone it'd be really cool to do a trans. They gotta get that yeah. you gotta get there yourself. I mean I will say if any listeners are thinking about it, oh I, I, I recommend it. Hey, if you don't have titties right now and you're thinking, hey, it'd be good to have some titties. I can I can confirm titties are pretty good. My my, um, it's oh I feel very good. Oh hello everyone. Hey, it's Fogquisition. Video yeah. games happen. Who's played one? Right, yes. Video games. Hmm. Who's who's been playing them? I should hope we all have played at least one. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. At some point. I mean, yeah, but I, I don't think you've put any in the topic list, so I don't know if you've played any stuff. I have played a couple. Sorry, I didn't put them in. That's all right. I just, I, I have no idea because obviously I only know what's in the list. Oh, I'll surprise you. I'll surprise you <gasps> all. Oh. Like being, well, going about being all inscrutable and turning on dads. Have you played several, a few, just one? G- give me a sense of like how often to throw you in the mix. I've got one game I played. I've got two games I played. And of course, I've got a certain little corner coming up. So th- those, okay, I've got three okay. offerings for you. You got three offerings. Comrade's got one. I've, three offerings. I've, I've, got a, I've got a couple of offerings as well. I, I'm going I'm to jump in with one. Jump um, in with one. I've, I finished my first playthrough of Elden Ring. Mm. Congratulations. Two months to the day after it came out, um, I put put about 110 hours into it, and I instantly went into New Game Plus. Hell yeah, that's the way to do it. <sighs> this is the most I've enjoyed an open world game since, I think the last one was Breath of the Wild. Like, it's been years since I've had this much fun with a big open world game. Mechanically, I felt like it, really hit its its difficulty curve like was very well handled like we did a little spoilery podcast with gather a while back where one of the things gav talked about was finding the difficulty spiked toward the end i'm worried about it i didn't find that too much of a thing okay um i don't know if it's just because i was playing with a different kind of build i was playing largely by the end with um Fully upgraded, I had the Uchi Katana in one hand and the Moonveil Katana in the other, and I was doing sort of unsheathed Moonblade blasts, and yeah, yeah, I I was having a lot of fun. I am very curious to try other builds in this game. I know there are places I haven't been. There was an ending that probably would have been like, you know, in the real world, the ending I would have picked, but also there's an ending where I could have had it that involved a cute girl, and therefore I picked that ending. Oh, of course. Um, of course. Yeah, that is a that is a meticulously crafted video game that, right up until the end, I kept being sort of blown away by, oh, there's whole huge areas that I just didn't know existed. Um, without going into spoilers... Um, I was streaming, like, up to the end, and I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to head to the end, and chat was like, do you want to know about where a big area you've completely missed is, because you're going to go head to the end, so, like, do, do you want to you wanna know where you can go? Oh, yeah, just go this way. Here's an entire, like, one of the biggest areas you've seen in the game, and you just, you just missed it. Yeah, that happens so often, like, I stumble, like, 
you know, I've un- I've not finished the game yet, but I know that I've unlocked yeah. a potential ending when I get there, yes. which I discovered by going to an optional area, then discovering a secret passage that was hidden behind a secret fucking passage. Is this the one where you had to roll through a wall and then roll through another wall at the back of that corridor? There was, it was, yeah, it, it involved a very, like, it, it involved, frankly, the most awful platform sequence i've ever had in a from game oh where yes, you've got to yes. descend and it and it took you to a place with a bunch of uh, roots it invent it, it basically is the stuff uh, that you follow the quest line involving the grapes that's the one that like chat pointed me at where i'd i'd found none of the quest leading up to that i'd done a quest Wild. with a cool witch lady but like yeah i i did the whole falling section and then chat was just like oh yeah go that way there's a whole other thing that way that's like this huge area I just wouldn't have known. And I kind of love that. I kind of love that I felt like I had a very complete experience of this game and there is still huge chunks of things for me to see if I go back and replay it. And yeah, it's a good bloody video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I also had a lot of fun doing doing co-op. Like I, I ended up co-oping the, the final boss on stream with people and... yeah. It was a really good fun time. Like I was surprised at how well it worked and how well it was balanced to not be just overwhelmingly easy with summon people in. But yeah, we just set up a little password and had folks from stream chat come in and we had a great time. Co-op's one of my favourite things to do. I've got like at one point I had over a hundred of those um arc runes that you get mm. from co-oping. So I've, I mean, I've still got like 80 odd. I've got enough to just like have my stats boosted the whole game, which is nice. This is the first FromSoft game that has really sold me on, on the idea of just co-oping with Twitch chat. And that's been really fun. Like I went and did, um, I went and found the Dung Eater's whole area of the game. And that is an area where you can summon people in, not just like for a fight, but for like a whole uninterrupted dungeon yeah and i just played uninterrupted like i just played co-op for like an hour and a half it was great it became just i want i want a FromSoft game where i can just do that the whole time where the i can make a squad and we just do the whole adventure together because it works really well absolutely so yeah um having completed it like at no point has my opinion of elden ring dipped it's it has consistently been like a 10 out of 10 superb quality video came and i am already wanting to replay it i will say like i've stopped playing for a little bit because the consecrated snowfield was just so much not fun um i actually uh was streaming the other night and when i got to a bit where there's a boss fight where there's this invisible character Mm. and there's a whole sequence outside of a boss fight that involves it stalking you while you're trying to do things and i got to it got stabbed to death once and went right no 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 oh that actually reminds me i've got four things not three things Mm. i should have written it down (laughs) um yeah but i stopped playing for a bit because i don't have the fucking patience for it it's a shame. I was loving it, but the whole consecrated snowfield area, for me personally, is just not fun. Here's the thing. My response to the consecrated snowfield was engage as little with it as possible and just just didn't stick around with it. Yeah. And and like and that was super okay. Like I I was there and was like none of the pl- the quest lines I had gone on in any way required me to be there. 
And I was like, as far as I'm concerned, I don't need to be here. I'll just go be some places that I'm having fun. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think about it again, and it really didn't, you know. That's fair. That's probably the best way. Because I've been told that the snowfield is not necessary in terms of completion. It's a good place to do some leveling. Like, I, I generally used it for be in this location go kill, like, a pack of wolves for some good experience, respawn back to the, the campfire, go do it again. Like, it, it, if I needed to, to grind a little bit, it was a good place to do it, but... Yeah. Yeah, Elden Ring's real good. I, I fell off it for a little while as well, but I came back, and I came back with a vengeance. Yeah, yeah. I took a long break with COVID, which, um, fully way ba- better for anyone, because I know some people have been asking, like, hunt back to 100% over here. I, I was the same with COVID. It just, I... I didn't have the brain for it for a, for yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, fun f- fun fact, side note. I'm getting even more COVID jabs. They just keep offering me more. I'm about to have my sixth one. Jesus. Look, every time they offer me one, I'll say yes. I'll just let them keep injecting yeah, me. Yeah, go it's for it. Great. Uh, what about you, Steph? What have you been playing? Oh, ho, ho, ho. Um, I have played... Let's see. What shall I go with? Um, uh, I've played a fair bit of the Force Unleashed because they re-released that. Yes, this is the Switch remake that is a remake of the Wii version, not the 360 PS3 one. Yes, is that right? yeah, yeah. Interestingly, they didn't go with the better looking game. They didn't go with the PS3 360, but uh, the Wii version historically played better than the 360 yes. PS3 version. So. I guess that's why they went with it, even though it 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 looks like a, you know, up-resed Wii game. Yeah. That is what it looks like. Um, but that's fine. The game starts off really good and just outstays its welcome. That's what I've learned with it. You know, good things it does, like, you know, you are Starkiller, uh, Darth Vader's apprentice, secret apprentice, and you start off doing, you know, like, evil empire shit and then it progresses you know the story develops from there um you have a whole bunch of force powers and what the game does really well is it gives you very quick easy intuitive access to them um it gives you a lot to the point where it's very easy to actually forget how many you've got and what button combos do them Mm. but it doesn't matter because it's such a brainless fucking game like it will just put you in a room full of stormtroopers or whatever and then you just keep pressing buttons Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you know there's a the obvious sort of lightsaber swinging but you can also press um the target button and press the attack button to throw it and it'll come back or there's a button to uh force lift things uh, and people uh there is a force choke command uh you can do lightning um and all of this is upgradable and it really is just mostly simple button presses or you know hold a button and press a button um so and and accessing it's really quick. There's no opening up a weapon wheel to select force powers or anything like that. They did an impressive job of mapping everything so that you can instantly go from force power to force power. And for the first half of the game, that feels awesome. <laughs> for the second half of the game, they thought, "Oh, we better make this challenging." And then it takes you out of it to where it's like, "Sorry, these." Regular stormtroopers with sticks are blocking my lightsaber and resisting an entire force bar's worth of choke. Come on. It's the problem you so often get with superhero games, 
where they simultaneously want your character narratively to be very powerful and to be a power fantasy, but they give you generic like um what what was that Marvel uh Marvel Ultimate Alliance was it Marvel Ultimate oh, Alliance yeah. that had a problem with that a, a couple of really years ago? bad problem with it there's there's a few games that really struggle with that like regular soldiers should not be juggling venom exactly right yeah uh, it is that issue like as the game goes on it's like it's just throwing more and more regular enemies that are Jedi killing powerhouses on their own, or at the very least, like resisting. It just takes you out of it when a stormtrooper can block a lightsaber. And what makes that worse is, at first, this isn't a real big problem. The game's a mess in terms of targeting and camera. Half the time when I'm engaged in in like lightsaber swinging, I can't tell what the fuck's going on. And for the first half, that doesn't matter because your character will vaguely attack in the direction of enemies and by the time you're done you've slaughtered the lot but when it gets later into the game where things are blocking you and you are constantly attacked from off camera by stuff enemies that have really just annoying combos with this awful cartoon punch punch sound effect there are these little alien ones that go jump off like hit you from off camera and just go boof boof and they do it over and over boof boof and as far as I'm concerned, it's snide, and I don't like it. Um, and it just, after a, a couple hours, you're just sick of it. Um, I've not finished it, and I don't think I will. Um, I had fun for the first half, but I'm in the second half, and it's just, it's just throwing repetitive things at me as well. It's like, here's a rancor. Here's another rancor. Here's two rancors. Uh, it makes you replay certain levels. To the point where I thought I'd accidentally, like, selected replay on a level. But I was like, no, no, it's just the third time you have to be in this level. And you can tell because they threw in a couple extra enemies. Uh, mostly those flying stormtroopers that are just the worst. Yeah, it's a shame because it, it is a good game if you like very dated, messy games. But it just gets tiresome by the end of it. It's a shame. It was good for streaming, at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Force Unleashed. That is a shame to hear. Yeah. Conrad, what about you? What you been playing this week? Well, I uh, I did uh, play... Actually, I finished Nobody Saves the World, um, and then I immediately started New Game Plus. Yeah? Yeah. I've been putting more time into it. I'm still really enjoying it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's delightful, and it's pretty well written, and, and while there is... Uh, fair amount of referential humor in it that will probably not date great um the most of it is really really funny and just enjoyable i found a cryptocurrency conversation in here uh, oh yeah 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 some of the characters are talking about switching to uh uh their bottle caps and and you know they want to do that because the you know fiat currency you've got adventurers just going into dungeons and printing the stuff off and it's just like nah, all right I see what you did there cool but most of it lands pretty well the combining of different characters with their sort of base abilities and augmenting them with the abilities of other character types works really well throughout and uh, get the game gets pretty tough uh that last dungeon is uh, a bit hard mm. um you know there are 
ways to make it easy. There's ways to make all of these easier for you. And then when you get to New Game Plus, you now have to complete all of the dungeons. Mm. You don't have to, you know, there are some of the side quests you still have to do just to get access to those dungeons. But for the most part, that's your goal. But they have remixed all of the dungeons. So they all have different conditions where the enemies will hit harder or all, you know, like there's that one in in the main game where all damage is like times 9999. Mm. And it's brutal unless you, you know, equip the one thing that makes it so that you never take more than one sixth of your health in a hit. Right? Hmm. And so there are things then that you're sort of confined to using. And so you'll have to come up with a strategy that works to complete each of these dungeons again. And I like that. Um, It's the only achievement I don't have, which is ultimately why I'm doing it is just meta checklist now because i've completed all of the stuff on the regular checklist but i'm still having fun with it um i i I bypass a lot of combat at this point i just run through areas and get to the dungeons because now that's the interesting challenge uh that and remembering where all the fucking dungeons were (laughs) but um yeah i i liked it i thought it was it was fun it was pretty well written some some good characters some really just cheeky fun moments uh yeah i like it i see what you mean from what you said last week about there there is a bit of a complexity jump that happens Mm-hmm. And it wasn't enough for me to not be enjoying the game, but like it was definitely a, oh, suddenly I've got a lot more to think about when you get that ability to start mixing and matching abilities a little bit. Yeah. But what I will say is that like the they open up some really fascinating opportunities and combinations. They they do. It's it 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 opens up some really cool opportunities, but it does initially hit you like a little bit of a brick wall. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, I, ju- I just walked away from it and I was like, I'll come back to this now that I know quite what to expect. I'll come back to it fresh and look at it then. Have you unlocked the zombie? Yes. Okay, because the zombie really is sort of, I don't want to say easy mode. But for most areas... It definitely helps. It definitely helps. And, like, there's not a lot of ways... uh, Like, uh, the Necromancer gives uh, a means of healing familiars, but eh, it's not, like, super useful. Um, The Monk has an ability that you can use to heal familiars, too. But I don't bother healing them for the most part. But if you uh, get the, the augment that increases their speed Mm. that's that's a they'll just swarm and they'll overrun fucking everything so the only time zombies aren't like a go-to is when there is a a lot of wards that just aren't dark if you're you're in a dungeon where it's all sharp and blunt you may it may not be worth it uh the other one is there's a later they'll get they'll get status uh resistance Mm. And so if you can't afflict them with status effects, you can't zombie. But if you put some... The last transformation you unlock is uh, a dragon. That's what results from the egg. Not... Spoiler alert, there's a dragon in the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But what's interesting about the dragon is its base ability increases crit chance for status-affected enemies. Mm. So you hit them with a zombie... And even if that doesn't kill them, you've already increased crit chance. There's also a uh, the slug 
increases damage from crits on status-affected enemies as well. So you get those two on there, uh, along with your big, you know, your, your base ability from the dragon doing the crits, and then you'll just wipe out entire rooms in no time, because as soon as they're afflicted with that status effect, it doesn't go away like the other ones, or it takes a long time for that one to go away. And you will just start inflicting so much more damage. It, it's neat. There's so many little ways to put things together. Um, and I, I like that. Yeah. Um, there's one ability that will... Uh, you can level it up to have a 20% chance of shooting lightning anytime you take damage or heal. And you combine that with the ability that, you know, you restore health with dealing damage... And now you are just everything you're doing has a 20% chance of inflicting this explosive lightning stun effect on enemies. It's great. There, there's, it, it, I like fiddling with it. And I like that the new game plus is giving me a lot of uh, ways I have to rethink that um, to make things work. Yeah. So I'm enjoying it. It's fun. I'm glad to hear it's worth sticking with because I'm I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, it's it is worth sticking with and and when you get to one of the northernmost areas of the map, there are little skeleton cats. Oh. Just just wandering around, looking oh. adorable, being spoopy. It's good. <laughs> yep. Not not much to say about this one, but I I've started playing through Lost in Random, ah. which uh, I think it was Steph you talked about that a, a couple weeks back. Yeah, I played it a few months back. Yeah, we talked about it a little. Did you end up finishing it, or I actually didn't. No, I didn't get much further in actually. Yeah, so I'm I'm maybe like three hours in, and like I feel like I'm making some good progress. Um, we talked about this game before. It's got a really unique, um, really nice little art style. Um, you're in some fantasy society where a, a dice roll picks where you are in society and you end up doing this little going on a journey with a magic living dice. Things that I thought about while playing this game. Mechanically, it feels like what I wished the combat in Kenner Bridge of Spirits felt like. Mm -hmm. I like the whole ebb and flow of you're largely using your projectile to build up meter to then probably go in and do your sort of um, melee range combat. Right. As someone that doesn't really like first-person shootery, like, aiming, there was just the right amount of lock-on to those little crystals you've got to shoot that, like, I wasn't finding it too frustrating. I like the deck-building aspect. Um, as someone that likes deck-building things, even knowing it was in there because you had described it, it still felt out of place in this game about dice to come across a deck-building element. But, like, it's it's all really simple deck-building stuff. Like, right from the beginning of the game, I was falling into really nice synergies of, okay, well, this uh, ability will reduce the cost of all your other abilities by one, so if you've got a deck stacked full of level one abilities, make sure you've got a full hand and then activate the thing that will make all the other things free. Um, like, the way everything interplayed was very satisfying. The character designs are really fun. The writing is is largely enjoyable if occasionally it like slightly drags its heels. But yeah, it's a really neat little game. It's on Game Pass now. Go go look at it. it it's very cute. I'm very invested in it, and I I, I suspect a couple of lengthy play play sessions. I I will probably finish this game because I I I'm so far really into it. It's really neat. Yeah. Um, what about you, Steph? What you been playing? Oh, 
um, I've been playing Chernobylite. I've watched you play a little Chernobylite over on your stream at twitch.tv slash Jim Sterling. Twitch TV slash Jim Sterling. That's the one. Um, I stream basically all the time now. Yeah. And yeah, played uh, some Chernobylite past couple streams. It's it's the game that isn't Stalker. It's the game that looks exactly like Stalker to the untrained eye, but isn't. Um, even though the main character is a Stalker um, in Chernobyl, um, it's basically the same thing thematically. Uh, it is a survival horror action stealth base building crafting RPG. Oh, so simple. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it actually it's deceptively simple. Because it, it does a little of all those things, but none to any super in-depth degree. Good. You have a base, mm. and you build things, a little bit like Fallout 4, but you're not building an entire town or city or anything. It's like plonking down some beds and some crafting tables and stuff like that in a relatively small space. Um, you have some stuff that was clearly inspired by this war of mine, um, where you can have companions who you send off to do missions while you go do a mission. Um, and you've got to manage morale and, and health and stuff like that and food rationing. Um, so there's all of that, but again, simple, straightforward, um, the actual uh, action gameplay is again fairly straightforward. Um, there are it's not an open world, but there are various open areas, and when you're dropped into one, you'll have a main objective, which is either you know secure some resources or do a story mission or whatever, um, with a whole bunch of side objectives that you can go out and do if you want. Um, so you're free to explore these relatively sizable areas, do the main mission and then leave. Uh, and it's really straightforward. It's some stealth, sneak up on guys and hit them. It's kind of got regular soldiers and weird glowy green monsters in it. The one issue, I'm playing it on PS5, and they it's one of those games where you can tell the first-person aiming was entirely designed for PC and wasn't quite tweaked enough, even with aim assist. It's a real pisser, uh, aiming guns. Um, so I've tried to stick with stealth as much as possible. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it tries to do a lot, but nothing too in no complicated way and it is serviceable at everything so it's fairly decent it did get a little unpleasant last night when one of the side characters radioed in to hit us with an ableist slur um it's yeah funnily enough it's like they someone knew because the in-game dialogue uses the word stupid Hmm. The voice acting does not, my friends. Oh no. And I was just there, like, eating some strawberries on stream, and then just so, just right in my earphone, uh, right out the speakers, I just hear that word. I, I look up and go, the, the, the text says stupid. Is that what he said? And then people in chat were like, oh no. No. We heard that too. Um, so that's a shame. That sort of, yeah, kind of brought it down a bit, because you just don't expect it in media made after the mid-2010s. Um, outside of that, it is a decent game. That just sort of brought the tone down, unfortunately. Mm. So, yeah, it is a shame, because cause I am enjoying it. It is a decent game. Um, 
there is a little side character who's this sort of dodgy merchant, and he'll give you a free box of loot a day. So that's good. It's a loot box joke. Mm. Yeah. Should I blame? I have played it. That is the thing you can say about that it. Is, that is what I can say about that. Again, it's just one of those games that are very good streaming fodder, uh, but I don't know how much further I'm going to get into it now. Mm. Uh, what about you, Conrad? Do you play anything else? Uh, well, I, I played uh, something that we talked about before. Uh, uh, Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. Oh, what a lovely game. I, I, I find that game quite delightful. Did, did, how, are you, how are you finding it, Conrad? Um... I'm guessing for your tone of voice, not quite as exuberant as the two of us. <laughs> I think I think the game is 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 delightful. It's charming. It's bright. It's funny. It's uh, a very simplistic approach to puzzle solving. Makes you feel really good about it, even though you know that this is incredibly basic. Um, no, I think as a game, it's phenomenal. As a Means of expression, I'm, I, I think it could very easily be mistaken for libertarian claptrap. Oh. I mean, I, I can see it. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think that if, if you, you know, you, well, for one, if you don't play it all the way to the end, um, you don't see in the end what the ending is and the last thing that Turnip Boy tears up, which transforms the message from being something beyond simple, um, you know, libertarianism t- into anarchism. And okay, mm. now now we're talking, but it's very dismissible. And you have to maybe, I think, think about it a little bit to come to that realization. Whereas everything up to that point is simply anti-tax, anti-government. I think there is a way that someone could pick this game up and not finish it and go... Yes, no taxation such and such. I like that for like I I can see how yeah. Well, and and this government this government that exists in this game, well that there are two governments that exist in this game. There is the government that existed before the events of this game and the events and and the one that exists in the present of the game. And the one in the past is clearly intended to be shown as foolish. Because of and 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 a direct analog to our present one, but that's a you know a stupid mistake made by a government. And now here, everything in this world is just a dumb government that's providing no services and only taking tax. And that just it rubs me a little bit wrong. And I, I'm sure that's not really the intent of the developer, but I feel like it's very easy to take the wrong message from uh turnip boy mm. uh and i, I maybe i feel like i'm making a bigger thing out of this than it actually is because it's not that big a thing it's just the thing that's sort of sticking with me after i've finished it yeah is that i feel like the messaging could have been clearer but it's still a great fun game and a delight to play i i think not a thought I had about it, but I I can see it. it it's a fair observation. Yeah. But yeah. 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 But hey, you know, worst ways to spend two hours. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, other stuff I've been playing. 
I've got a very little update about the Steam Deck, where I briefly got very excited that they'd fixed a big problem, and then it turned out they hadn't really yeah. fixed it, and I, I want to bring it up, mainly just because I, like, this is kind of indicative of everything that's been going the case with the Steam Deck recently. Like, the Steam Deck is is inching ever closer to being a nice and easy to use device, but none of that is because of Valve. Valve is fumbling, like, every update they do is just not quite correct. So, when the Steam Deck first dropped, one of the biggest problems it had is that in gaming mode, uh, the Steam Deck didn't know how to handle programs that opened up a second window. Um, it either just wouldn't show the new window that it opened up, or it would sometimes, like, flicker viciously full screen back and forth, going, ah, oh, I don't know which one's the primary window. And they've they've done an update that fixes that. It, you, you can now press your little Steam menu button and pick which window to prioritize and swap between the windows. And in theory, that's great because it means that stuff like um, Epic Store games that require you sometimes to have like a little uh, browser window pop up and you go, "Yep, use you log in as me on on Epic before you can play them," are now playable in or should now be playable in gaming mode, rather than what I was having to do before, which is use desktop mode. Yeah. Except, and, like, any amount of playtesting with anyone that actually uses the Steam Deck would have flagged this in a second, any windows that open up that are not the first window that get, that, that, that program opened don't recognise your controller. Delightful. So... It's so close to being the correct update, because, like, I can now load up the Heroic Launcher, which is, like, the Linux equivalent of the Epic Store, boot up a game, get the game to show up, get its little I've got to click to say login window, do that, get into the game, and controller's not detected. <laughs> because the because the, the launcher is the only window that will recognise the controller because Jeez. it was the first window. And, like... These are the kind of things where it's like, it really feels like they are just jumping on fixes without, like, talking to anyone that's actually using the device to go, okay, here's the how we plan to solve the update, can you try our update? Does it work the way that, like, does it fix the thing everyone's been complaining about? Because it's it's very clear they didn't actually put this update in anyone's hands who could just go, yeah, but my controller doesn't work, though. Yeah. So... The Steam Deck is like, it, it is very much coming together and slowly becoming a thing that is a lot more user-friendly and a lot more just pick up and you can just use it out of the box. But none of that is because of Valve. Yeah. All of the all of the stuff that's making it work really nicely is community-created support. Bloody hell. Um, I have, a, I have a Steam Deck update as well. Yeah? Mine's not fucking here yet! Yeah, what, what, what happened there? It's What's ridiculous! It was sent like two weeks ago. They held it in customs for ages, and for the past twenty-four hours and change, it's just been in Coventry. Well, it's been in Coventry for days. They're just not sending it. That's just what's happening. They're just not sending it. There is no reason it shouldn't be. Yeah, April twenty-sixth, nine forty-three a.m. Held at delivery depot. It's been that way. Oh. It's just sat there. Just put it on a fucking van. I'm not even excited for it anymore. I'm just annoyed. I'm sorry they're doing this to you. I'm so fucked off with it. So fucked oh. off. <sighs> have, you, have you been playing anything else I... this week? <laughs> oh, God. Um, I'll tell you what. Oops, shit. Um, yeah, 
if you join me right now, right, I hope you booked a ticket because it's <gasps> oh. time to go to Stephanie's Vita Corner. Uh, didn't play anything on the Vita this week. Stephanie's Vita Corner. That was that. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Um, there is a game I know you've played, though, Laura. Uh, yeah, And yeah. I wanted to just talk about um, a fun fact about it, um, yes. which I tweeted out as well. And people really like it. It was a nice, positive story. So this week, uh, the Stanley Parable finally had its big redo released mm. uh the stanley parable Del- soup is it ultra deluxe edition uh ultra deluxe ultra yeah. deluxe um, um, officially it came out like about I, th- I think the official release was about half an hour or so before we recorded today okay. like it's it's coming out the day we're recording i need to get it because it's on switch in it uh they gave me a steam code but i want it on switch yeah it's on it's, it's on switch now it's on steam i think yeah it would have yeah. been good to have played that on my fucking steam deck um, but yes, yeah, a couple, I think it was like a couple months ago now, um, mm. I got an email from the developer, uh, saying they were going to use my old review that I wrote of the game back when it was originally released. Like, you know, how long's that been now? Like 10 fucking years ago or something. Um, they, they were going to use text from my original review. And of course, back then the byline reads Jim Sterling, cause that mm. was my name. And even though I still use that in some business circles and whatnot, they actually were really nice enough to contact me and ask if I'd prefer them to alter the byline so that it says James Stephanie Sterling. So that is what was done. Uh, Because I said, yeah, that would be wonderful. So the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe Edition um, made a concession to include my post-transition name, which I think is just one. It was just so considerate of them just lovely it's a nice little bit of just you, you, you clearly you clearly care you yeah. stopped and paid attention you gave that, a shit it's, it's appreciated yeah like you know someone on twitter was like you know it's just such a thing that a developer could overlook mm. and forget about but they actually considered enough to get in contact and ask like what i would prefer and just you know especially with what trans people deal with constantly especially lately um a little consideration just goes such a long way and and it's just it's just very nice to see but i know you've played it laura yeah yeah what did you think i've i've not had much time with it yet i've i've had a little bit of time um i think it's really neat and I right now all I want to say is if you enjoyed the original there is definitely reason to play this and it does a decent job of justifying itself very early on as this is a new thing that is releasing many years later and that knows it's releasing in the context of you know what the Stanley Parable is okay I I I really don't want to say too much yeah. more about it other than I feel like it has done a good job of being its own thing that justifies existing and is worth checking out. Awesome. I got it downloading now. Um Yeah. I have not played it God's in all of this time since it first came out. I loved it back in the day. Absolutely adored it. Yeah. It's one of those things that I would just sit in front of people and say, "Here, just do this thing. You know, I made like in-laws play it. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's um I I went back and replayed the the original a little bit um like a day or so ago because I realized that there's one of those achievements on Steam the don't play the game for 5 years that I oh, was yeah. like, "Oh yeah, how long has it been since I've played it? It's been about 7 years." So I I went back in, I I got the achievement <laughs> and yeah, I that game is just very charmingly put together. Yeah. Um it's it's a trick I wouldn't have thought you could do more than once. Like, my, my main concern going into the start of this was, is it going to be diminished because I know exactly what the Stanley Parable is? And so far, it has gone in knowing, yeah, you you know what this is, therefore here we go. That's wonderful. It's 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 neat, and I I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna play a bunch more of it. And I'll talk about it a bit more next week because I haven't played a huge amount, and I don't want I want to give people a chance to look at it themselves. But it's pretty fun. It's pretty neat. That's good to know. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um. Anyone else played anything else before we move on to the news? Uh, I've I've started very briefly started a game called Shattered, but I mean like I did fifteen minutes before we started. But it's another Souls like. That's all I've got to say on it so far. It's yep. There's another one. There's another one. That's about it. <laughs> yeah, in that case, we'll move over to the news because we 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 got we got a we got a fair bit of it this week. Should we start with um some Bobby Kotick news? Because there was some fucking Bobby Kotick news that broke via the Wall Street Journal just after we recorded the show last week. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Meta's Sheryl Sandberg pressured the Daily Mail to drop Bobby Kotick reporting. Short version, at the time one of the most powerful people in media, uh, who was dating Bobby Kotick, buried... Mainstream media newspaper coverage of Bobby Kotick having a restraining order put against him, and more than once buried that story. He is one of the most corrupt men in the world. It's just corruption, and everyone who fucking like conspires with him, yeah, is scum. Yeah, he is just scum with a restraining order who once threatened to have an assistant killed. I wish I were capable of feigning surprise at any of this. Well, yeah. yeah. You know. It's not a shock. Look, the, the surprise the surprise isn't that it was feigned. The surprise shouldn't even be that, you know, someone powerful in media got a story buried. It's just disappointment. Yeah. Because years ago, we could have had mainstream, non-enthusiast press coverage of Bobby Kotick's bullshittery. Mm-hmm. And... F- like yeah we nearly had a we nearly had a point in the world where several years ago we knew some of Bobby Kotick's bullshit not because of gaming sites but like pu- major publications talking about it and someone used their power and influence to protect a, a billionaire rich white man which oh i'm so surprised that he was protected from consequences fucking billionaires are the fucking worst yeah yep. absolute scum Bobby Kotick is bad even amongst yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Kotick, like, it, it amazes me that there's still so much. I mean, it doesn't, um, but it sickens me, let's say, that there is so much protection of that man because he is dangerous. Like, let's not beat around the bush. He is a violent, psychotic, petty, 
cruel, vindictive man. He is harmful. It was his. It was under his leadership that a member of his company committed suicide because of the harassment that culturally is allowed to go on in that company. He was knowledgeable of so much of it, hid it from the shareholders, uh, and and you know we find out things like this. Like he, I've always said this about Activision. We've looked at the stuff they do out in the open. Just imagine the stuff they're actually good at hiding. You know, you know one thing that this really highlights? It highlights the importance of having media outlets that have their advertising and editorial very separated. Mm-hmm. Because the reason this story was able to be buried is because Bobby Kotick was at the time dating the number two most powerful person at the second most powerful advertising company in the world. Someone incredibly high up in advertising had the power to impact editorial. And that should never be the case. And it is it is an indictment of, you know, the separation of advertising and editorial anytime that can happen. Yeah, pretty much. Um Yeah. It he's an evil man. Like, I I'm I don't want to throw that word around too lightly, but Robert Kotick is an evil man. Cruel and callous and so spiteful. And he needs to be gone. He needs to... We'll, you know, he'll never be removed from a position of power in, in our society. He's a billionaire. In a capitalist system, a billionaire is a god. For all intents and purposes. Um, his godlike financial power is never going away. But he should not be in the game industry. He should not. In, in, in If there was any justice in the world, a man like that would not be in charge of other human beings. Yeah. Yeah. He's only qualified through the lens of a cruel financial system that rewards evil. If if this was a system where people were looked after, he has no qualification for leading any other human being. I mean, if the if the system were such that once you reached a certain threshold of of ownership or, or of of wealth that you were put on an island with all of the other people who had attained that level and cared for and given anything you want for the rest of your life, you know, congratulations, you won the game of capitalism, but you're no longer allowed to inflict punishment on the rest of us. We might want to be careful with that, because according to certain hmm. record keeping, he was on an island with other billionaires. Ooh, ooh. Mm. And that's all I'll say there. Yeah. So... We got a couple of other Activision Blizzard King stories this week. Um, so one of them is an update on a previous story. So do you remember we had a story about the fact that Activision Blizzard really should have hired another woman to their board and hadn't done so? Yeah. Do you remember this story? Um, back in 2021, um, Activision Blizzard should have hired a third um, woman to their board because the state of California says that by law companies with boards of six or more people must have at least three women serving on the board and at the time Activision was like oh but 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 um we're getting acquired and any directors would cease to serve on the board after the acquisition so we can't have we can't do it can't have another woman on the board they have had to um, relent on that. Jeez. What? It's it's so yeah. 
it, it, imagine being Microsoft in that situation, being like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Why are you putting this on us? Just put a woman on the board. Yeah, so Activision Blizzard will be adding two women to the board. It has been reported by Axios. Oh, almost as if they could have always done it if they actually wanted to. Wow. Yeah, this will double the number of women on the board to four. That being said, the number of men on the board is still eight. So, like, that's still not a... That's still considerably outweighed, but... And you watch. You watch how many of those men think that there are too many women on the board. Yeah. There's that whole thing, like, social, like, psychological statistics suggest that if less than half of a room has women in it, the men will think they are disproportionately represented. The threshold, I believe, like most studies agree, is about 30%. If women take up about 30% of a conversation, they're seen as taking up more than half. If they're more than a third of the people in the room, they're seen as being the majority in the room. It's just... It, it yeah. just goes to show what being in a majority uh, does to skew your perspective of the world, where you see yourself as default. And the fragility of people in that position, that they're so afraid uh, that they're seeding something that, uh, that they have to mentally misappropriate the numbers. Mm -hmm. it's, it's remarkable. Last bit of Activision Blizzard King news we have this week is we have an update and it is a, it is a positive bit of news about the, uh, the Raven QA testers who are attempting to unionize. It, it's a positive bit of news in spite of Activision, not because of them. Workers at, at Raven Software are now one step closer to unionization. They have now obtained approval from the National Labor Relations Board to move forward with their vote on whether or not to unionize. Yeah. Basically, the short version is Activision Blizzard King refused to voluntarily recognize their union. They had to go to the Labor Relations Board and say they're refusing to recognize our union. Can we do a vote so that we can... We can o we can overrule them and make the new union without their approval. This step means that legally, should the vote to unionize be won, which it seems very much likely right now, like it does not seem like the union busting efforts have been successful, Raven Software's QA staff should very soon be a formal union. Terrific. We are, we are real real close to that being the case. Um, Activision Blizzard continues to publicly be trying to like shit on the whole situation and like completely downplay it. Um, here's, here's their most recent statement that is kind of hilarious. While we respect the NLRB process, we are disappointed that a decision that could significantly impact the future of our entire studio will be made by less than 10% of our employees. Me too. I think more people should sign up and join the union. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, the the way they're presenting this and trying to skew it is they're trying to make it sound like less than 10% of QA staff at Raven want to be in the Raven Union. No, less than 10% of the studio is the QA department. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the QA department wants to unionize, and therefore this is not 10% of employees, this is pretty close to 100% of the QA staff want to unionize. What percentage is the executives? I was about to say, yeah, like, <laughs> since when has Activision had a problem with a small minority yeah. wielding undue power? <laughs> How much does Bobby Cotter get paid in relation to his workforce yeah. again? One of the most overpaid CEOs in the fucking country? Prick. Wanker. So, 
here are the dates that we need to know for like when we will know what's going on. Um, the day after this posts on the 29th of April, um, ballots will be sent out for the vote to happen, and the votes will be counted on the 23rd of May, so about a month from now, we should know whether Raven QA staff successfully unionise. Nice. We have about a month to wait to find out if this is this is the first one that works. Godspeed, all of you. Yeah. I gotta point out as well, like with all of Activision's statements, if you keep having to preface every statement you make with uh, an assertion that you definitely respect something, but none of us are going to believe that you actually yeah. fucking respect anything. Exactly. It's basically, you know, I'm not racist, but I'm not sexist, but I'm not against the comfort of my workforce, but... Yeah. Um, so, now we've got Nintendo to talk about for a minute. Mm. We've got a couple of stories about them. Um, we briefly mentioned last week that uh, a Nintendo of America staff member had filed a complaint alleging that the company had been interfering in unionization efforts. We have a statement from Nintendo on the matter. We don't know specifics of the case or the allegations being made yet. Um, but here is a Nintendo statement just so that it's it's on, on the show. We are aware of the claim, which was filed with the National Labor Relations Board by a contractor who was previously terminated for the disclosure of confidential information, and for no other reason. Nintendo is not aware of any attempts to unionise or related activity, and intends to cooperate with the investigation. I mean, take this with a pinch of salt in that companies will never go, oh yeah, no, that's true that that happened. Oh yeah, you know what, you are bad. Our bad, sorry. <laughs> we totally discriminated there. Yeah. We'll see how it pans out. Nintendo's side of this is, we didn't union bust, we fired you for breaking NDA, basically. We'll see whether there's back and forth on that, but it felt worth bringing up that it was happening. Um, Absolutely, yeah. But an interesting bit of background to this, if you check out Katie Casper on Twitter... Uh, there was a very interesting thread shared about Nintendo of America and how they treat contract employees, which is allegedly what this person filing the lawsuit is. So, contract employees, in theory, being a contract employee should be a very short-term position. It is a temporary worker who is not strictly a member of staff for the company they work for. Generally, it should be a short-time position. Nintendo of America apparently has a real habit of having people very long-term in contract positions treating them very differently from other staff doing the exact same job. Katie's tweet thread uh, specifically mentions there are people who were contract employees for five to ten years, and that that was a very common occurrence in Nintendo of America. A lot of the thread basically goes on to detail just very much othering of contract staff. Lots and lots of, oh, there are all these nice perks we do for our full-time staff. Oh, we go on trips outside of the company, we'll go do fun team-building activities and go out for dinner together, um, all on the company's money. But contract staff, no, stay and work. You don't get to come have fun. You stay in the office. We're going out for fun and getting paid for it. Stories that are just incredibly petty, like a full-time member of staff who'd been invited with the other full-time staff to a little ice cream social happening in one room. A, temp a contract worker walked past and was handed 
a little cardboard tub of ice cream with a little wooden spoon in the top, and then they realised they were a contract worker and had to take their ice cream away oh from my them. God. Jesus Christ. Their tiny little tub of ice cream. Uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's... I, I will read the last tweet in the thread because it really summarises it. Whenever we had department outings or lunches, the contract employees in our department had to stay in the office while we at all went out and enjoyed lunch slash games slash movies. It felt so shitty as a full-time member of staff. Mm-hmm. This is apparently a thing in the US that essentially companies that do contract workers have to do because they have to keep a clear division because otherwise a contract worker can say, I'm getting the same benefits as a full-time worker. Yeah, exactly. I am a full-time worker. The solution to that is... If someone's working for you for five to ten years, make them a full-time worker, give them those benefits. But think about how much money you'll save on not providing those benefits. Yeah. And Nintendo has not responded to this in any way. And think about how much easier it is to fire a contractor. Because you don't have to fire a contractor. You just don't renew their contract. And they go away. Yeah. Yeah. So, the the last Nintendo story we have this week is, uh, you know how Nintendo refuses to acknowledge that Joy-Con drift is a thing that ever happened or is happening? Oh, oh, it's finally hit me. Oh yeah, you got some driftage? Yeah, I've got, uh, my, my left Joy-Con is drifting up, which is making placing things in Rune Factory even more squiggly. I would honestly suggest go um, Google like YouTube videos of people rep- replacing an analog stick. It's super okay. easy to just replace with a new analog stick for a couple of bucks. Cool, I will do that. Like it, it's maybe a ten minute job, and my the, the replacement ones online. I've never had a replacement one drift. Only the originals <laughs> from Nintendo have ever drifted on me. But we got a report this week uh, from Kotaku that shines a bit of light on the scope of this problem. So, according to this report, uh, which cites a former supervisor at their repair facility, um, the volume of claims repair uh, of like repairs that were being sent to Nintendo was often hundreds per day, thousands per week. Like this was not a small scale problem. Um, it led to like really high turnover in the department, trying to keep up with demand. Uh, lots of repair mistakes being made because the volume of things being sent to them was just too high to handle in a timely manner. A lot of Joy-Cons were just replaced with entirely new ones because it was easier than taking the few minutes it would take to repair one because there were just too many to do that. Uh, Yeah, the the mandated pace of repairs... um, apparently required as many as 90% of units to be fixed within four days, which was difficult to maintain. And just, yeah, apparently, like, we are talking in the the hundreds and the thousands of these churning through Nintendo. And anecdotally, that sounds right to me. That sounds correct. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a weird situation. Oh, it's morally okay to pirate every Nintendo game. Yeah, you you can you can buy you can buy secondhand analog sticks that don't drift for a couple of bucks. Nintendo, why can't you use those? It's a lot easier uh, to just ignore the problem and assume it'll go away, like a contracted employee. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple of other stories. 
You know how we talked about uh, Sonic Origins last week, that uh, collection of Sonic games? <laughs> oh, oh, fuck Sega. Fuck Sega, I know what's coming up. Yeah. Fuck Sega. Oh, what a, what a fun coincidence. Now that they've got a new collection of uh, these, these, uh, these games, all as a little bundle, Sega's going to be delisting the standalone versions of Sonic the Hedgehog 1, 2, 3, and CD from all digital stores. Yeah. This is, we've seen this happen. <sighs> the last notable instance of this was Rockstar, and we all saw the folly of that, where Rockstar delisted uh, all the previously available digital versions of the uh, Grand Theft Auto trilogy, and then put out shit, <laughs> and then put out a shit version and stopped you buying the other versions. Like, I, I want to make it clear how much of a scam this is just by, like, the pure numbers. Right now, if you were to purchase Sonic the Hedgehog 1, 2, 3, and CD, four separate standalone games, um, which, you know, you don't have to buy them all, but if you wanted to, you're looking at the at maybe £15 on Steam or Xbox to buy all four of them. To get all four of them in Origins is going to cost you £33, or about twice as much. And you don't have the option anymore of piecemeal just purchasing the one you want, if you only want one of them. You have to buy all four of them at double what they previously cost. Wow. <laughs> yep. Right? You are losing the ability to piecemeal them for twice the price. But Sega was very proud to let us know that they're not delisting the mobile phone versions. Yeah. Well, thank Christ. Yeah, they were like beaming about it on Twitter. Like we should all, like everyone was going to line up and say thank you. You've also missed the other place you'll still be able to get one of them standalone. Oh, yeah? Sonic the Hedgehog 2 will remain playable as part of Nintendo Switch Online Plus subscription. Oh, wow. Oh, Lucky oh. us. <laughs> Amazing. It's just scumming. Fuck, fuck, Sega. When you delist it, all you're doing is telling us that whatever you've done with the new release isn't justifying selling it. Yeah, if if what you were releasing was a better product, you wouldn't need to delist the old thing to push the sales of the new thing. Yeah. Have they delisted the original Stanley Parable? No, they haven't. I no. don't believe. Oh, fuck. Uh. Sega, shut up. That's it, just shut the um, fuck up, Sega. Uh, we, we, got, we got a couple of PlayStation stories this week. I'll get through them quickly. Um, so we got an update on that PlayStation gender discrimination lawsuit. Mm. Um, it is, there is a headline and then there is a bit of other information. So the headline going around is that the PlayStation gender discrimination lawsuit has been largely dismissed by the judge. Basically, the judge's current ruling is that most of what is was claimed in the initial bit of the lawsuit lacked suitable evidence for the trial to go ahead. Oh. Except, and most of the headlines have not talked about this, uh, do you remember how after that initial lawsuit was filed, um, and then another eight women f uh, alleged inappropriate behaviour and sexual harassment? Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Those eight women's um, claims have not currently been looked at. Uh-huh. Those claims still need to be added into the legal proceedings as 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 part of this. Sony is trying to block those other eight women from being added oh, yeah? to the ruling. And very specifically, the ruling notes that these claims from these other eight women may yield new allegations. Basically, right now, there is not enough evidence to move forward, but there are eight more women whose 
accounts do need to be looked at and like this this lawsuit isn't dead it's just right now it isn't moving ahead i mean again it just there are no good there are no good guys in the mainstream game industry and quite a few indies as well like yeah the in as i've said before the video game industry is fucking rotten to the core culturally it's just fucked I am not surprised at the allegations here. I will not be surprised at allegations at any studio. Any studio at this point. Capitalism is a breeding ground for abuse and poor treatment. If these lawsuits come up, it should honestly be a point of bias against any game company if they're a game company at this point. Yeah. Fucking hell. So that that comes alongside, like, here's, like, the awkward pivot there's more there's information about what sony's doing with games which like i i should have done these the other way around because this is the exhausting place to have put this one it seems like sony's hiring someone to like go real hard in on putting more of their playstation games on pc it seems like that's going well for them it's probably going to be more of a thing yeah can't get excited about that after having had to talk about abuse shit but not at the moment no the news is there if you wanted to know that there's probably going to be more playstation games on pc so that's cool probably the case <laughs> sony should get a little more pc oh oh i did save uh i did save a nice little story for the end i like nice okay someone's making a playable uh game boy d make of elden ring oh that's cute i love i, I like d makes me too yeah, unlike the um, PS1-inspired uh, remake of um, Bloodborne a little while ago, this one is being designed to run on actual hardware. Ooh. If you've got a flash cart, you could play this on on a Game Boy. Now, this is I like this story. There's some nice little gifs of it you can go have a look at. I think the big mistake was announcing this in advance, because as much as... FromSoft seemingly was very chill about the remake of of Bloodborne. Mm. Nintendo, yeah, Nintendo has negative chill. Yeah, if something has some other company's license involved in it, and you're saying it's for a Nintendo system, Nintendo has no chill. But if you want to watch development of that and cross your fingers for it to not be shut down, uh, the person making it is streaming development over on Shintendo TV on Twitch. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of neat. It looks really cute. It seems worth keeping an eye on, and I hope it doesn't get nuked out of orbit. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's everything for this week. I think we did it. Good for us. Nice one. Good for us, indeed. Oh, mate, my posture's doing so well. Yeah. I, I sat up for all of this. I've got steel bones keeping me up. Yeah, you really have no choice when you're in a corset. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, well, you know, other people might want to be kept up as well. Up all night engaging with content, that is. And Ooh. you might just be the gal they need, Laura. Tell them about that. Oh, may maybe. Well, you can find me at Laura K Buzz in all the places. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, TikTok, all the places. I'm everywhere. Go check me out at Laura K Buzz. If you want to see me in person, I'm going to be doing a talk uh, next week on the 4th of May at Plymouth University at 1pm. I'm going to be talking about writing as a career and, you know, the various avenues of writing I've done over the years, how you get into them, the pros and cons, uh, getting into book writing. Just doing a, doing a nice little talk for Plymouth University's um, um, Writer's Society. So go go check that out. Plymouth University, May 4th, 1pm. Um, other than that, yeah, just 
Laura K. Bars everywhere. Awesome. What about you, comrade? Where are you at? Oh, you can find me at Conrad Zimmerman on Twitter and Instagram. You can buy anti-capitalist propaganda that it makes at pinfultruth.com and audiobooks at conradreads.com and uh, uh, everything I do gets supported on Patreon, patreon.com slash fistshark. And you know who else has a Patreon? <gasps> who? Why, it's James Stephanie Sterling. Oh, yeah. <gasps> oh, that's me. Oh, shit. That's, oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry, this was unexpected. This is a big opportunity for me. Um, Patreon.com slash Jimquisition. That's where you can support uh, all the stuff that I do and keep me doing it and keep me in corsets um, or get me out of them. No, no, no. I'm not going to trade patronage for boobs. I keep saying start the OnlyFans. So get the OnlyFans. I mean, one day. I had an email from OnlyFans not that long ago <laughs> going, do you want to come be on it? And I thought about it. <laughs> I honestly, not even for money, like just, just to be simped for, I I would consider yeah. it. Um, yeah. So there's that. There's Twitch TV slash Jim Sterling. I am streaming um a lot. Like so, you know, I don't yeah. still don't have a very set schedule, but I am on a fair few evenings. Um, yeah. Also, I will be in Sheffield again, uh, May fourteenth at Sheffield. Uh, for North Wrestling's next show, although I do believe tickets are sold out for that one. But the Newcastle show, May... No, I got that the wrong way around. May 29th is the Sheffield show. May 14th in Newcastle at the Anarchy Brew Co. Um, it will be North's next show, and Commander Sterling shall be there. And hopefully I get to see you there. It's always been a great show. The crowd that comes out for the Commander is incredible. Um, and yeah, uh, aside from that, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening, as per usual. Uh, see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.